Tell Tales, Dakota Folk Life and Stories is a collection of narratives of shared personal experiences of peoples of the North Dakota Plains. They originate from and are shaped by interviews with senior citizens, many who are in elder care facilities. In 2020, our emphasis was on veterans, and while in-person interviews were not possible due to the pandemic, we were able to speak remotely with a number of them. Ed Herta is a resident of the Good Samaritan Society Care Facility in Lakota, North Dakota. We asked Ed if he'd be willing to speak with us. Oh yeah, I'm always ready to talk. Edward Charles Herta. I'm, I'm from Crary or Devil's Lake. I was born in Devil's Lake. My dad farmed by Crary and I grew up there and I went to school in a town, you know where Crary's at? It's just a, just a little ways from uh, Devil's Lake. Uh, and I, I went to school there, graduated from high school there. I served in the Marine Corps. I, uh, well, how I got started there is I wound up in Fargo, you know, when they were drafting kids and stuff like that and taking a physical. And I was in this big room and they said that I was going in the service. And uh, the Marine Corps was taking 25% of the draftees and they go to San Diego, California and so I raised my hand, because Annette Funicello and the Beach Boys were singing in California, so I raised my hand to go to California to Marine Corps boot camp. There was boot camp, and then there was, uh, and then they shipped me back to uh, North Carolina, I think, or someplace where I was at. I was in administration. They put me in a, in a desk, you know, I was sitting behind a desk keeping track of where everybody was at and what was going on. And it was not combat as far as I, I didn't understand what was going on. And uh, boring as hell. And I had a bunch of uncles that were in World War II and the Korean War, you know, they were, and, and I didn't exactly want to go back home and tell them, well, I served in in the, in the United States or whatever, you know what I'm driving, some of those states I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying. And uh, so I volunteered. They come around with people that wanted to go, and I volunteered to go to Vietnam. Then I went from there, you know. It was a big step, but I didn't realize how big a step it was till I got to where they sent me. I mean, you, you know, they, and then I got on a plane and, and went to, uh, landed in, in Vietnam. The southern part of Vietnam was really goofy. You know, the war was up on the north, and I was I'd come in there on the south. South the people were living like normal. You know, uh, I was a sergeant, and uh, he was he was uh, looking to where to send me, and uh, he says uh, something about he asked, "Do you want to go to this place or that place?" Or, and I says, "I'll go to that place." And he says, "You sure you want to go to that place?" You know. I says, yeah, and that wound up being 3,000 meters from North Vietnam on a, on a place called Gialin. Uh, right on, there, there was a highway, they call it Highway 1, I think, along the side of the Vietnam, and this was right on the highway that went over into North Vietnam. And it was a place, probably three, 400 guys, I don't remember for sure, but we would take 100 rounds a day of incoming artillery, and uh, we were threatened with, uh, you know, we were going to be the first ones to go if they come down highway, you know, if the North Vietnamese come in, see. So we were uh, we were at risk, I thought. Well, we, I know we were at risk, you know. Well, I got, I run a convoy, and I had to haul a dead, walk unwounded and a dead out. And 
the badly wounded went out. Uh, helicopters come and got them. But, uh, uh, you know, it was kind of tough to haul the dead, but I, we had to, you know. But the dead mostly. The wounded, the bad wounded went out by helicopter. You know, they got them out fast. And I would take out, you know, somebody that didn't get hurt too bad. He'd ride with me out. But where where there was uh, hospitals and stuff like that, where they had places to take care of, uh, we dropped the dead off at grave registration, they called it. And that was sad because big quants, some quants at Hudson, we'd lay the dead out in front. You know, we'd unload them and lay them on the floor. And then they'd, you know, make sure they had their dog tags and identification, all that stuff, you know. And I mean, it was, it was like we're on this, not a real hill, but I mean, we're on this rise, and it seemed like whenever we started moving or they could see move, they had somebody watching us someplace, and uh, when they could see movement, then they'd start shooting at us, see. It was a, it was a, you know, a fight, basically, you know. Most of the bunkers that we were in could take a direct hit from the top, you know. Boy, everybody, everybody, that's what you did. You run in the holes when they were shooting, and then when they quit shooting, you'd go out and do your work, you know, and stuff like that. Everybody did it. It was just normal. I mean, you had to do what you had to do, and you had to learn to do what you had to do, and everybody had to do their job, you know. The base was combat. I still think about the guys that, you know, I remember guys that uh, they drove in. There was a guys drove in with these little, not the, not the deuce and a half, but the next, like a, like a, the military had a pickup, like an and a artillery round went right through their windshield. You should have seen what we had to pick up there. That was really something, you know, leg here and body or arm over there and stuff like that. You know, and I hate to even talk about tell you the truth. Okay, I uh, I was proud to keep my buddies alive. Uh, you know, my 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 direction was. This, at that my fellow Marines and you know how we, we we had a pretty tight organization there. We'd take care of one another. You know what I'm driving at. But as far as what we were fighting for, uh, didn't make a lot of sense to me. The whole system, the, that war was, was a mistake. I mean, that should have never been because what I saw the people there and, uh, you know, the civilian population that I saw and everything like that, uh, it was it was stupid. It was stupid for us to be there, you know. But that's the way it goes. I guess the thing, although it happened many, many, many years ago, uh, I can't forget the guys that died next to me or with me or that I carried. You know what I'm driving at. I mean, I uh, said that there was a long time I couldn't figure out why the hell I was was uh, here alive or who's decided I was alive and you know what I'm driving at if uh, you kind of I used to be a Sunday school teacher and stuff and I don't even go to church anymore because I uh, I just can't thou shalt not kill and all that stuff is just um, you got to be realistic of what's going on in the world if you follow what I'm driving at and that's the way I'm living so you know Produced in partnership with the Good Samaritan Society Care Facility in Lakota, North Dakota, and Dakota Legacy. This project is produced in part with a grant from the North Dakota Council on the Arts, 
which receives funding from the North Dakota State Legislature and the National Endowment for the Arts.